0: Hey there, fabulous educators. You're listening to the Letters in Ink blog podcast with me, Lucy Gonzalez. This is a podcast for teachers where I dish out equal parts inspiration and encouragement as we dive into all things English instruction, teacher tech, and digital pedagogy. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's transform classroom instruction for the digital age together. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Letters and in Ink blog podcast. I'm so happy you're here. This week's podcast is all about decluttering your digital files. So if you know me, you know that I am a huge fan of Marie Kondo. I love the minimalist lifestyle, although I'm not perfect at it, and I definitely have things. I'm not like a true minimalist, but when it comes to my classroom, I really am a fan of just having what you need, and so I wanted to create this, um, I guess, little spring cleaning series to sort of help other teachers on their decluttering journey. I think with The whole remote hybrid teaching thing that we've been doing for the past year or so, a lot of us have amassed an insane amount of digital files. I don't know about you guys, but I had so many like random things that I had downloaded, things that I started and then didn't finish, things that I ended up using, things I didn't use, just like a ton of files. And it makes me kind of crazy to have that many files just lying around in my Google Drive. Um, When I first started teaching, like, I was really, it was really important to me that I kept a tidy and clutter-free teaching space because I never wanted to be bogged down by a ton of stuff that either I had to, like, figure out how to save elsewhere if I found a new job or, you know, dig through tons and tons of files to find the one thing that I need at a time. So every spring, and I kind of do this actually every couple of months or so, but I'll go through each major folder in my Google Drive and I recycle anything that isn't bringing me joy or serving the needs of my students anymore. So I created a couple of um, well, like a step-by-step process that I'm just going to go into a little more in detail for you now. Um, it is up on my blog, the letters actually not the just letters and Um, and I made these little infographics for you guys. So I kind of split things up into a few different categories based on what kind of document it is. So, um, The first category is assignments, graphic organizers, anything that like a student, I would have a student use in a lesson or as a formative assessment or a summative. So the first question that I ask myself is, did I use it this year? If I used it this year, did I love it? Do I want to use it again? Or is it something I'm kind of keeping as like a placeholder just in case I can't find something that I love? If it's something like that where I can perfect it with a few minor tweaks, then I'm totally going to keep it. I actually will probably tweak it right then and there. Uh, If not, if it's kind of meh, if you didn't love it, if it didn't really work that well, just toss it. The second question I ask is, is, is it a duplicate of or very similar to something else that I really do like to use? Usually what I'll do in this case is I'll merge the two files that I love, if I love things about both of them, unless there's like some very genuine and specific reason that I need two different files. For example, I have a tone words list that I use with my sophomores that I wouldn't necessarily use with my AP Lang kids because the AP Lang one is going to be more specific, have more words on it, that are more complex, things like that. In that case, I'm gonna keep the two tone word lists. Otherwise though, I'll probably merge them or I'll just keep the one I like and throw out the other one or ones. And then the third question is, if you didn't use it this year, do you really need it? If I accidentally deleted this document, would I cry about it? Would I lose sleep? over the number of hours that I have to use to recreate this? If the answer is yes, like, yeah, I I really love this thing. I just didn't use it. Um, but I spent a lot of time on it. It's a really good, you know, standards aligned thing that is really pretty and nice. Keep it. But otherwise, just toss it. I promise you will not miss it. So the second category of things is texts that you use with students. So novels, articles, poems, etc. cetera. Um, I, when I went through my files after my first year of teaching, I had like four different copies of Walt Whitman, Oh, Captain, My Captain lying around. And um, one was like a four per page. One was like, there was only half the poem. And it was just a ridiculous mess. Um, so... The first question that I ask for myself is, did I use it this year? (laughs) And if I did, will I use it again next year? And if the answer is yes to both, I'll keep it. Otherwise, I'll toss it. Especially if it's like a poem or something that's easily found online. If it's like a longer text, like I know some of us had to find some... Super legal PDFs of texts so that we could make it through pandemic teaching, um, like that I might keep, right? But if it is, you know, the copy of the Raven that you had to print off real fast because you needed to plan a lesson in five minutes, but the fonts are all weird, or you know, it takes up too much space, it's not like very nice looking. Like just toss it. You can find it again. It'll be fine. Um, and that is kind of leads into the second question. Is it, is, it, sorry, is it in a format that I like to use with students? So it looks professional. It's formatted well. It's easy for kids to write on and annotate. It uh, doesn't have any errors, things like that. The answer is yes, keep it. If you need to make some edits to it, just do it now. Like do it while you're looking at the document. Otherwise, you're never going to do it. Or you're going to end up having to wait until you go to use that thing again. And then you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot. This is the one where half of it is in Arial 11 and the other half is in Times and Roman 13 and a half. (laughs) And then you're going to like just have to waste a lot of your precious time going through and fixing it then. So just fix it now. Otherwise, just toss it if it's going to take you that long to reformat it, you can find something better when the time comes. I promise. So the third category is all that professional development, meeting handouts, research administrative materials that you've collected over the year. Yikes. Um, The first question that I ask, Did I get the information that I needed from this file? Will I need to reference this information again? Is it something I can find easily online? If you got what you needed from it, and you're not going to need it again, just toss it. If you may need to reference it again, and it's definitely not easily found online, definitely, you know, keep it. That's fine. But if it's, you know, an article or some random web page that your principal printed off for you. Just get rid of it. I promise you're never going to need it again. The second question is, do I have multiple versions of this? So when I am thinking about this, I'm thinking of like sign-up sheets or um, permission slips, um, different lists that you need for various reasons. If you can just make one master list, or a master sign up sheet or master, you know, um, permission slip that you can just quickly format it when the time comes with the book title or whatever and just insert the information you need and print it out. Then keep one and just get rid of the rest. Otherwise, you end up with a bunch of random obscure documents that are just taking up space on your Google Drive or Microsoft OneDrive or whatever you're using. Um, The thing that I was thinking about when I first was writing this podcast, or writing, yeah, and writing the blog um, post, was that Google used to have unlimited storage space for its users. But that is no longer the case. So, whether you have a personal Google Drive account, or you are using, or not Google Drive, but Google Education Um, or you're using your schools, there's going to be a limit to how many gigabytes of space you have. And it depends on your school and stuff like that. So it really is important that you do take the time to declutter. Not just for your mental health and your relaxation capabilities when the school year is over, but because you literally might run out of space, which is not something that... I really thought about um, before Google announced that. They are no longer giving unlimited storage. So the big question that is probably on your mind right now, because it's on every teacher's mind, you're not alone. It's on my mind all the time when I'm decluttering. It's like, what if I need those files again? What if I need to take a sick day and this assignment is like the perfect, you know, print and go type of thing? What if I end up teaching this novel again in two or three years? What if present me causes future me a major panic attack because I deleted this file? So, you know, I have these thoughts too. But real talk, after six years of dutifully decluttering my files, I can honestly say I've never once regretted deleting anything. Now, have I missed things? Sure. But has it been the end of my world? No. And here's why. If you never used it before, what makes you think you're going to use it again in the future? You know, if you downloaded something for free from Teachers Pay Teachers, but then it just sits in your drive, you clearly didn't need it in the first place. And then it's always going to be on Teachers Pay Teachers. Or if it's on the internet, you know... If you found it on the internet three years ago for free, I bet you can find it again if you ever feel like you need it. But the real reason is that pedagogy is constantly evolving. The reason that we as teachers are always tweaking, perfecting, and changing our material, it's not because it wasn't good before, but it's because we as teachers have grown. We've gotten more training, we've learned new strategies, there's more research that shows different things are more beneficial than what we were doing. So the odds are, by the time you're ready to finally dust something off and use it, your teaching practice will have totally evolved and you'll want something completely different. So when you have just the bare necessities, even if you have just the bare bones of a unit that you love teaching, it gives you the structure you might need for planning next year or later down the road, but... It also gives you the freedom to be creative and create a unit that truly reflects the needs of the new students that you're going to be teaching at that time. Because every group of kids is different. Every year is different. And, you know, you're going to want to try new things. But if you already have a unit that's fully planned and prepped, even if it's not perfect, you're going to fall back on it and you're going to rely on it. And I want to challenge all of us to not live in that space anymore. So it might take you a couple of hours to declutter your teacher files, but I promise you guys that it will be time well spent. Purging and decluttering in my mind, it's really a form of self-care. When you're ready to return to your files, when you're getting ready for the school year to start in August, not only will everything that you truly need be easier to find, But every single file you have will be of value to you. And that, to me, is the most important thing. So that is all the tips that I have for you. After you've decluttered your digital files, please tell me how it feels. And happy spring cleaning. I will see you guys in the next episode. All right, everyone. I want to know what is your main takeaway from this episode. Share this podcast on your Instagram stories and tag at letters underscore and ink or hit me up in my DMs. And don't forget to check out the blog post for this episode on lettersandinkblog.com. And finally, please hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. I want to leave you all with one final thought. If there's anything that we have learned from the pandemic, it's that our notions of what education is are inequitable and ineffective for the needs of modern students. It's time to rethink and reimagine everything that we know about education. Together, we can transform classroom instruction for the digital age. Thanks for listening, and you see you guys next time.